Hello guys and welcome to the Creation Footy Podcast. I'm joined, finally all three of us are here. Finally I'm here again. Uh, I'm joined by Matt. Hi. And I'm joined by Herman. Hi. The three musketeers are back in town. <laughs> the three musketeers are back. <laughs> finally after, I think, a year and a half. It's been that long, probably. Uh, yeah, obviously we're here after the Euros and before the high nose starts, but I mean, we have to talk about the Euros and uh, I think we have to start with our match and the only match we played in the knockout, in the knockout stage is against Spain. Eight, an eight-goal eight thriller. Matt, any thoughts? Let's go to you first. Yeah, I mean, I kind of look back at that quite, I don't know, it's almost like I'd, I'd probably take more positives from it now than I did when I actually watched the game. No one else, no one else put three past Spain, even though obviously they put one in their own net. But actually, like, it was just a frustrating game, wasn't it? Like, goals were there to be scored, but it, it's like it, it, it took the it took the last round of substitutions, you know, to actually chase a goal when suddenly actually Croatia looked quite dangerous. And it's like, well, why did you wait 70 minutes, you know, to do that? And then once it sort of went to extra time, then it was like, well, I don't know. It felt like there was a window there where something could have that momentum could have been, uh, you know, there might have even been a chance to kind of, to, you know, to score. And I think after that Kramaric shot that got saved, then Spain kind of got back into it. And then it, you know, in the end, it was still that sort of disappointing finish. But, um, you know, the, uh, yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm not as sort of doom and gloom about, you know, I think if, if you look back at the tournament, it's probably, you know, if, if the draw had gone different, Croatia might've gone around further. But, you know, I don't think they would have got past Italy. But, you know, I don't, yeah, I'm not as negative as maybe I felt at the end of that um, that 5-3 game. Yeah, it, it, it was difficult to watch. It, it was, I mean, the extra time and the, and, and the second half, most of the second half, it was really difficult to watch. But when Orsic came on, he really, I, I, to be honest, I was kind of surprised he was, he was, that, he was that good. Because he wasn't, I, I, in one match he came on, I think it's against the Czech Republic or even Scotland, maybe. He didn't look that good, so I was kind of surprised he performed against Spain that well in those little minutes that he had, and that cross to Pashalic was perfect, right into the five-meter box. Yeah, I so said the last round of subs were kind of almost going for, you know, nothing to lose, and I think it was just all attacking. And then I said, I think the, um, you know, I mean... <laughs> Think we talked about this before is i think the center forward thing has been a problem all tournament and it's like it took dalic to that point to, i don't know why he didn't have the confidence to say well, look if if we can't play without a proper center forward rather than force rebic into the wrong position i don't know why he just didn't have confidence to try Budimir before i mean i thought there must be something there because the moment he came on the whole team you know he was then holding it up and bringing other players in uh they just looked like a different team I mean, why did it take yeah. to the end but of the third game to figure that out he obviously didn't listen to our talk in a podcast before no. the match because we were mentioning Budimir that he could be the man to, to make some difference and he really looked good. But and in, also, I think in general, when, yeah. So yeah. when we talked Go before, I think we, we were quite critical of, I mean, I still think it wasn't the best performance, you know, with Brekolo being forced into being a fullback. But I remember at the time when um, Morata scored that goal, I thought, oh, you know, that's what happens when you have a, when you have effectively an attacker playing at fullback. But well, actually, when I watched that again, I mean, what Morata, the skill in what he did to be able to, you know, take it over Brekolo's head, 
you know, take it down, make a turn and hit it left footed in. Some days it's just not your day. You know? Yeah, but if Versalco was at that position, you think Murata would score? No, I mean, I say Shima probably wins the header or at least gets gets something on it. Yeah, or gets into a better position. I know, but um, that to me was the, fr the frustration maybe was not regrouping or, you know, as I say, basically compromising in defense to chase a goal and then some something needed to adjust there, I think. Um, as I said, I think pushing Brekolo back was basically well, that was a, that was a, an accident waiting to happen there because he is and and, and you know in the yeah. end I think yeah. he was he was targeted for both the goals, wasn't he? Yeah, yeah. My impression of the match is I kind of felt through all the game that they are just better team and that we are not able to do anything. This first goal, the own goal from their side, was the goal with the least celebration in my life ever <laughs> yeah. for Croatia goal. I, I didn't, even, I, I didn't even realize it until like seconds, seconds later that it came, that it went in. I was yeah, like, what, then, what happened? Then you yeah, then you realize we just took the lead, but I had this bad feeling that this will not gonna last uh, long. But I think in in general. In my mind, I'm still not aware either I'm Dalic in or Dalic out. Yeah. I think that the crucial mistake was after 3-3, you take out Brekalo, you put in Versailles. But not to wait. I mean, Versailles yeah. was ready to, to come in. They just, yeah. just waited to to, 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 to perfect uh, timing when the ball was out or some foul happened. And we, we conceded the goal for 4-3. Yeah. So I think this is a huge man manager mistake. Yeah. Because if you are a manager of a national team, you have to have some experience and to feel the game. A best example of experience and winning the game is the final match and that moment when Chiellini is pulling Saka down and gets the yellow card. Yeah, yeah exactly. This is textbook stuff for kids. What should you do in a situation when this is, yeah. th that is a crucial moment in a match? So Chiellini does the right thing, Dalic does the wrong thing. And uh, we we could talk uh, we could talk about Brelic, uh, Brelic. Brelic. Uh, Who's Brelic? <laughs> Rebic, Rebic, and his fucking boots. We yeah, could talk about uh, yeah, is was he the right decision or not? Yeah. I, I think that Dalic is far away from perfect manager, but also far away from the worst manager. So the truth yeah. is somewhere in the middle. He got us a big. Uh, enjoyment in 2018 but this was for me the crucial mistake uh, with Brekel and Brasaiko I mean yeah. Chiellini showed us all what to do in this kind of situation because exactly I mean my, my, my worry at the time when I was watching because I say you know you had the water bottle incident and stuff and there were a lot of sort of individual positional things which but as I say like but then getting to three somehow like against the run of play getting to three three my immediate worry then was like this this lineup is so attacking there's a real risk of conceding something, you know, and then at least having got to the end of 90, that, as you said, that was actually a chance then to rethink, look defensively where to, I didn't, I didn't think Juranovic had any need to come off, to be honest. I thought that the changing was the, the, cha the effective part was the other changes up front. And Pashalic, um, you know, Orsic and, 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 and Budimir, I, I, I think he could have left, you know, even when, when Brekla came on yeah. before and he was playing, yeah, but, it didn't but, quite work, but yeah. at least if you've got to 90, bank what you have and sort of move yeah, back to yeah. something that is more defensively because Spain, you know how good they are on it. And I was surprised that he went into the extra time period 
yeah, with I think that same it, it, weakness at the back. I understand the the substitution Juranovic out and Brekal in. Yeah, he he wanted the more offensive power from the right right hand side. Okay, but then you have three three. Then you decide. Okay, I'm gonna gamble. I'm gonna stay with Brekalo. Or I'm happy with three three. Let's put Versailles in and let's see what what can happen. Yeah, exactly. So he he decided to gamble, and then after a few minutes he decided, oh, I, I'm not gonna gamble, and he decided to put Versailles on. Which minute we considered like what was ninety seven eight? Uh, one hundred, one hundred, I think one hundred one. Yeah, yeah, somewhere like so, that. So so he changed his mind after five minutes and sees, I'm I'm gambling here, I'm gonna take uh, Versailles in. And probably Brekla would go out even though he was subbed in like 20 minutes before. But he made a mistake and he could have done this on, on the on the break after four yeah, minutes. Yeah, he, he, so. he should have done yeah, it on I the think, break. Yeah. I think you're right. I think he was he was he was holding on for the um for the 105, basically, for the middle of the extra time period. And then yeah. Once you then go a goal behind, then then you have to keep you have to keep pushing. So probably, yeah, then maybe he abandoned that idea but you're right there was a chance there to do it to at least settle things down at you know because penalties were possible you know you they were that close 20 minutes from being able to actually see it out to the end you know i, I did feel though that like something peaked at that with that kramaric shot because after that and then obviously i think was it just after the restart but then when, when budamir had that one that he just hit wide but the suddenly the you know croatia's attacking chances started to kind of I don't know, you could just feel the balance shifting again, you know. And then obviously once Spain got the goal, like, you know, the, they were already playing with a 4-3 lead. So I think it was harder. But yeah, I, I just, I think there was, if maybe that Kramer shot had gone in, who knows, you know, that fine margin could have, because then once you, you know, once you score, then you immediately, <laughs> you, you immediately make the sub and try and sort of, you know, beef up the defence. But yeah. Despite even seeming, if, if like, seeming scored, like a lopsided game, it was actually closer in 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 the in, you know at that end period. I I still think Croatia could have could have almost stolen a a result against the run of play. But yeah, I, I think Sp Spain would would equalize even though uh, Kramaric. Uh, let's say if if he scores for four three, I think Spain would yeah probably be able to equalize. But who knows? We'll see in. Uh, three years on Euro 2024. But, you know, I mean, I'm, I'm with you with the point I say with, with, with Dalic is I think he's not as, I'm not sure how many people necessarily, are, you know, I don't think people still maybe have the view that he's the, you know, the view from 2018, but he certainly, I don't, I'm, I'm not in, in the camp of saying that he's as bad, you know, I think as you, you summed it up well. He's a, yeah, I, I not think, as good as some say, but not as bad as, as his as detractors say. I mean, obviously, Highness is willing to keep him and to respect his contract for um, until Qatar ends. But I think a big, big thing here is the support of Modric, first of all, yeah. and then the other players. Because in Russia, he used Rakitic, Modric, Mandzukic and Chorluka to be his like uh, advisors and uh, consultants for, for anything for tactics, for everything. And now there was news that they all meet in, uh, in Novalia, at the island park in his uh, summer house. Uh, Modric, Kovacic, Perisic, I don't know who else was there. 
and that they were discussing the situation, what to do. I don't know. They probably even discussed the Rebic incident on yeah. Instagram. And uh, I think he has a support of Modric and all those senior players and support of obviously Hines and he's not going anywhere. So, but I'm not sure who would be the better choice. I mean, we, we gave, they are all mentioning Niko Kovac, Slavin Village. They had their chances. They're mentioning Prosinecki, which... Uh, no, I, just personally, no. I, no. I adore him as a player and I think he's a very cool guy and I would love to see him one day. Uh, but uh, his results are not impressive. And you, then you have Bishan and Bielica who are, let's be fair, they're still pretty young for manager and they still have time to be to lead Croatia. So I'm, I no doubt Dalic is staying. Yeah, as I say, it's like why, why risk, a, you know, at least there is a... You know, say there's a way of playing there. Those relationships are there. You know, I think there isn't some. I don't know if you if you listen to the Tifa football pod, podcast, but it's one I listen to occasionally. I, I quite enjoy it. But they, you know, there was a good analysis there. I think of the, I think it was or if it was going into the Croatia Spain game. I'm not sure where, but it, um, it might have been earlier in the group. But it was really saying that this is like an end of cycle. So, you know, Croatia really feels like they're at the end of a, you know, a cycle, but they're not quite there where you're going to have the big like say with what Italy the big, had, trans- the big tra- transition yeah it's not quite there and as long as Modric stays to me it's like you're in the old world you do whatever you need to make him to keep the team supporting him you know and you just you stick with roughly what you know works um you know you try and supplement it with good players but I think it's not until I wouldn't it doesn't make sense to change manager until you the other side of that when you're fully into a rebuild and then you might with the tall new players and you know younger players coming in, then you might say, "Well, let's have a different person." You know, yeah. So I think you're right. As long as Modric stays around and there's some continuity with the old way of playing, why, yeah, why risk it? You know, I think wait, you know, say go through to Qatar, then maybe Modric retires. No, no. What you have? Hopefully, no. I mean, he's he's our best player now, and he's 36. Mm-hmm. He's not 36 yet. He'll be 36. He'll be 36, yeah, in September. In, in September. And he is our best player. Probably Perisic was uh, at the same level, uh, luckily, this, uh, this summer. But Modric is our best player. So if he continues to play at Real Madrid in next year, he will. Uh, then he, if he doesn't prolong his contract in June, he's, let's say, free player. And then until Qatar, you have like five months. So he could probably go to, let's imagine, a United States, MLS, and play there. But I think Modric is still good enough for Qatar, for sure, but, but even later. I think Modric aged uh, 38 for Euro 2024 will be still good enough to start in Croatia's, uh, Croatia 11. It is a strange one. Hey? It's almost like because... The stuff that he's good at is the stuff, you know, like it's the stuff that you can do for longer. You know, it's almost like yeah. those players who, if, if your whole game is based on kind of, I don't know, say skill and speed and strength, then you've got to do like what Ronaldo does and spend all your time in the gym. And like the, the way that you, you prolong your career is you just have to be like almost, you know, military grade fitness and you have to, you know, diet and all that. Now, Modric is, he is very fit. He runs a lot, but a lot of what he does is just this kind of vision and like, his sense of the game and like that's an intangible thing you know 
that, I, that's I, never going to leave him. And like, and he's always said, like the, the past is in your head before it's in, you know before you before it hits your foot. I, so, I read the story. I, it's pretty unofficial, and I know I don't know how uh, if it's one hundred percent correct. But I heard the story that Modric after training is avoiding he i mean he goes to for lunch with with the teammates on, on playing i don't know darts or whatever they do but uh, he spends a lot of time after training talking to coaches talking to regular people at real madrid and talking to them on how he, can he be better the next time so i think that's why he's at, at so high level now when he's 35, almost 36, because he's living, what you said, Matt, the military style, and he's very, very focused on his performances and how to be better. I even heard a story like a year or two ago that his wife was watching the matches and giving him feedback for every pass after the match. Mm -hmm. <laughs> so I think he's very focused. He's looking what he's doing on the pitch for several years, maybe his whole career along with the technical possibilities of that. I mean, you can imagine what, what you can see today and what kind of data you can extract after a match. Uh, so I think he will last long, and I hope that he will play a long, long time, but who knows? I mean, I also think as well, like, in, a, in, a, in, a, in like the Croatian national team as well, as if you, if you put the pieces around him, you know, my, my only frustration sometimes with Modric is that, you know, when he's collecting the ball off his, off his central defenders, it's like he's doing it because he's, you know, like against Spain when the team's sort of under pressure and stuff, and, you know, he's, he's doing his defensive kind of, you know, duties. I, and, I, and, but sometimes I, you think, can't you, you know, stay up the end of the pitch where you are at your most influential. Other players need to do their job as well, you know, like to, he shouldn't have but to I run. But I think he, he's doing this. Every match. He's doing this because Lovren and uh, Vida are sadly, we have to be honest, they're pretty, yeah. <laughs> they're pretty limited when they have ball in, on their feet. So, Duet yep. is much better at this. So, who knows, maybe in the future, Pongrić, Benkovic, or uh, yeah. I don't know, uh, Peric. Peric is brilliant with the ball. Yeah. Maybe maybe so, if Guardiol uh, goes back to a center, to the center back position, th then we could yeah. see uh, Chalatatsara and Guardiol pair up. Yeah, because exactly that. Then with with that, yeah, with having that that ability to bring it back, exactly. Then 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 Modric doesn't have to keep. Yeah, precisely. It yeah. could mean that just changing the the the, the complementary pieces in the team. Because I love, I love I love I I love and uh, Lovren and Wida. But if we look at realistically, if they were born like 15 years yeah. later, they would play in second high NL or in third high NL. Yeah. Because in today's football that is much different than 10, 15 years ago, you have to have defenders that are capable of playing the ball. I mean, look at Maguire. He looks like a proper uh, English defender. But he, when he has the ball, he's his playmaker. Yeah. He's, he's very good with the ball in his feet. Stones also. Stones is like Perich. He's able to take the ball and go forward with it. So, yeah. Yeah, as you say, like the, um, you know, I think this is now that in, um, you know, sort of in all the youth systems and academies and stuff now, is that you don't get players, kid, you know, the younger players don't specialize as early. So even players who end up playing central defense now have played in, you know, 
because they start them at five and then seven. So, I mean, I'm seeing this with like my son's playing, you know, youth football. And, you know, they, they, you go a lot further in your development before you actually end up in the in the position. So central defenders now are sort of not kind of yeah, like the in the old, it was a certain stereotype yeah. of player. Whereas I say now they're they're complete players who can who can actually play anywhere. So so yeah, you, you're gaining or like you, you couldn't run a Guardiola team with old style central defenders, you know, because they're 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 expected to be to play like yeah, a modern footballer. So I think that would be the the exciting thing I think for I guess for Croatia would be that even with Modric there to just refresh some of those other, you know, bring something a bit more, say like a that next generation in. There's still a very, very effective team there that can be I think I think yeah. the question is as I say is that one thing I notice is that qualification is you know like Dalich was using the Nations League to experiment um a fair bit and then you know he did get, they did take a hammering us sometimes, but at least he used that to no one wants to use qualifying to to make kind of radical changes. And my, my worry is if Croatia gets too far down the qualification campaign and it gets a little bit tense, then it becomes stick with what you have. And then before you know it, when you qualify, then you go into the tournament and you think, well, this is the team that got us there. Let's, you know, the next couple of months are crucial. Yeah. I think if someone's going to come in, they need to come in now and they need to start developing the team with those players in. You know, we, if we keep going back, I would be shocked if Vidan Lovren play unless there's an injury start in central defense again and because uh, i think that would be a mistake if they did i don't know it, it's hard to tell because you you obviously cannot test them in in qualifying matches and give them chance because we don't have a nations league now but we have yeah. we have an example of guardiola who was excellent the dinamo played the european matches and he got in in, in the team even though he was not there for a nations league but he, he got there. So I think for players like Pašalić, Kovacic, Čaletacar, it will be crucial what will they show in, in their clubs. In so, the clubs, yeah. As we are on the topic of young players, I hope Domogoj Brodaric can get a chance because he's been playing a little at a very top and you're level. You're supporting Hajduk. No, no, listen, listen, listen. No, no, no. no but... <laughs> Playing a little at a top level, of course, not he's not starting every match, but the matches he starts and he's pretty okay defensively. There's a lot to be, a lot to improve as as Guardiola. Guardiola's probably better on that side, but Brotheridge can bring the ball forward. I probably better than Guardiola, sadly, but I think just because he's the left foot, left foot, left back, Guardiola a lot of times he has to switch it to his right to, to pass the ball, which kind of ruins the chances of playing down the down the left. I don't know. I think Guardiola was our best left back in several years. I mean, he doesn't. Ha- he doesn't have much competition there. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, of course. But he attacking wise, he was better than Pivaric, Strinic, and the uh, Barisic that we were looking at the left back. Yeah, because he was. remember, in a match against Scotland, he he was running forward and he was in situation one on one on goalkeeper as a left back, and he's in fact. Central defender who is playing left back. <laughs> yeah. As, as yeah. In, yeah. And I I heard also a story that in Dynamo youth years he he played in every position, so he is able to adapt. Obviously, uh, I understand your point about Bradrich, and I think he's a very big talent. He's playing for excellent club. But let's check after this podcast out of last. 10 matches for Lille. I don't think he started in starting 11 in either of these 10 matches. 
because there is. I think he started. I I checked it before the Euros because I really wanted to see. I think he started like in three matches in the last ten, a little something like that, three four. So that's probably that. That's why he wasn't picked. I mean, I can check. Um, but while we speak, I, I will check. So just give me a few minutes. So. But I'm, I made this uh, joke. It was either in the um, in the Twitter chat group or on the ones. But it was the fact that, like, you know, if if you had to play, Croatia had to play a match like you know next week. They've they've got about six options on the left side and like one. What if they're lucky on the right? It's just it's completely, you know. You said so there there is attacking fullbacks you could play on the left. There's so there's sort of inside um, attacking forwards, wingers. There, there's so many options you can play. You know, or should you can do a million things on 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 that side, but the, there's no kind of it, it's too unbalanced. There isn't a there isn't a right-sided attacker. Um, you know the. Yeah. And we have the Bonus the Dario Yeah, the crosses in, you know. Um, the the wide players that say like like Brekola for me is still someone who wants to kind of come in and shoot. He's not really a so yeah, I I just wish you could you could invert one of those trade one of those left sided players for a for a right sided player, I think. Yeah, but this the Sosa situation, Herman, is uh I, I don't know if Dalic stands with him. Uh, that I think that's the only problem where he stands with him. I know he said he doesn't have a problem with him. If he deserves a place, he will get it. But yeah, but that that was more my point is that his issue won't be whether even if he's back in favor, it's there's a the there's a long queue you know to get in on. The, yeah, there is a lot of competition for those places because they're so they're almost oversupplied on that side. You know, embarrassment. I, I mean, it's. The, this situation with uh, Borna Sosa is the same situation when you remember, you you probably don't remember Lovre because you weren't <laughs> born at that time, but Matt, you might know, it, in like 2004, there was incident when uh, Balaban, uh, Orlich, and who was else there? They went to the club uh, at night and someone spotted them and uh, Bilic was the manager and they kicked them out, out of the national team and they were playing Russia in like three days. Serna, Olic and Balaban. So three important players at the time. I think it was 2006 when we played, we started the qualifications for Euro 2008. And we were playing Russia away and they were caught in a club like two days at 3 a.m. before the match and Bilic found out and they were sent home. Without them, and then in three months, they were back in the team and no one remembered this incident mm -hmm. afterwards. So I think this will happen with Sosa. He will be called in yeah. six months. They will try him and then we'll see. I mean, Duya had that. He had that problem where he yeah. didn't, took a holiday yeah. when he wasn't supposed exactly. to take a holiday yeah. or something. Eventually, that, you know, he, was, he, served, he served some punishment and then he was... You know, the only one who never came back was... Kalinic, <laughs> whatever he he crossed the line that and he you know yeah and uh, Igor Bishan at the time uh, he also had uh, the same situation and he was a really good player. Yeah. Uh, I'm checking for Bradic. Just give me a second. Uh, Let's see. I think he played like three out of ten matches or. Uh, uh, I'm checking on uh, Sofa score. A little advertised 
download Sophos Code, the best app ever. Yeah, made by Croatians. Let me remind made you. Made by Croatians, which which is incredible. Uh, I might made mistake, but I think I'm like ninety percent sure he played only one match out of ten, and this was against Lyon, and he was substitute at, at the halftime. So I think this is the thing that bothers Dalic. But we'll see. We'll see what happened with him. I don't want to be uh, to be labeled like like person who is against Tomagos Radric. I'm against Brekala, for example. I'm not hiding this. But I think uh, this season could be crucial for for Bradric. Let's hope he will improve and play more. Yeah, well, I also think we kind of missed a set piece taker. Not from the corner, but just from free kicks in general. I mean, you saw Lovren taking the free kick against the Czech Republic, <laughs> which, which is why, why, <laughs> like of all people that you think, if you had to make a list of free kick takers for Croatia from the starting eleven, where does where, where is Lovren? He's like thirteenth or something. <laughs> yeah. He's, somebody from the bench is definitely ahead of. And and you're right because especially if you watch like. I mean, I'm not saying all the high nil players necessarily are sort of national team standard, but whenever <clears throat> whenever I watch any high nil highlights, there's always some there's always some player smashing it in from about 30 yards away. You know, like the the skill is there, but like yeah, where you know is it Lovric or like some of these players are like, you know, yeah, there are forwards there are attacking players and midfielders who can shoot from distance, but for some reason the the um the national team doesn't have yeah, you say he doesn't have someone who's a kind of attacking set piece taker who can actually you know who's likely to score at best it's someone who just you know say who's playing it into the box and hoping that there's, there's, there isn't anyone who yeah and you're right i mean that's like having that in a team can that can give you a, a free goal some games you know which which can help when it, in, in a close game and, and there isn't a there isn't a natural set piece taker i love to uh quote my friend who once brilliantly explained this so in football, you have, you can compare it with, with the piano. So you have people that are carrying piano to the second floor and you have people that are playing piano. <laughs> so it doesn't make sense, you know, in, in, in who is playing the piano. So you have uh, like Kovacic, Modric, and all other skillful players like Perisic, they are playing piano. But you, then you have hard workers. I'm not going to mention any names, but uh, for example, in French team, N'Golo Kante is obviously carrying the piano. So I think if you don't divide those things, such things can happen, like Lovren taking a free kick and pretending to be, I don't know, Zidane and shooting it technically and not with, with power. Yeah, I, I think we, we have, we'll have to take a break because uh, our Zoom meeting is about to end and should we start a new one? Because there's a lot more to talk yeah, about. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. Okay, we're back. Uh, there's no Matt now because he was kidnapped, sadly. It happens. Yeah, but by his, by his kids. But yeah, also. yeah, his kid good enough. Yeah. We, we heard the whole thing. He had to go. We have to explain <laughs> everything because someone could call police and the yeah, 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 yeah. kidnapped. Yeah. Uh, if the police is listening, we are joking now. Yeah. Uh, yeah. <laughs> now we are moving. Uh, we spoke. A, uh, we spoke a, we, 
a lot of topics about the Croatian national team right in the in the previous part. But uh, I think let's wrap the, wrap 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 up the Euros by uh, by commenting on the final. I mean, it it got off to a very big start for England, and my hunt my my heart sunk. I. I, I I couldn't I, I couldn't imagine living in a world where England won the Euros and 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 they can say it came home. I, I yeah for those after those two minutes I, I was just hoping for Italy to score. And when it, when England sat back I oof I, I was so happy for them to do that because it, it, it was just it was just waiting to happen for Italy to score. I don't know a single person who was supporting England in my surroundings. So. Neither do I. <laughs> my 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 father called them greedy cunts. <laughs> yeah, but I think it was a classic final match. Uh, I'm glad that the heroes were Bonucci who scored and uh, and uh, Chiellini who uh, forced. Uh, Bukayo Saka to land on, 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 on the grass. <laughs> he, he, uh, when he pulled them down, I was like, holy shit. He pulled them into, an, to, into another fucking planet. That was... Oof. Yeah. That was... I, even, I, I even had a discussion with friends. Is this for a red card? No, 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 no. No, no it's is, not. This is the move of the Euros for me. Th- this, yeah. That is definitely the best stack I have seen all Euros. <laughs> <laughs> but for but for English people that are saying that's a red, there's no way that's red. That, that is not a clear chance on goal. Ah, who cares what they think? Like, who who cares I mean, now? Yeah, yeah. I I, I, I yeah. saw I, I saw they wanted to sign a petition to replay the final, and I was like, Yeah, good luck. I, I, has I, that I, ever I, happened? I would gladly sign this petition just to laugh at them. Yes, I I I, I wouldn't sign. I would just comment on it. Like, why has anybody ever gotten anything for a, from a petition to repeat a football match? <laughs> like uh, when Haiduk lost the final in 2018 against Dinamo in the cup, I'd, nobody nobody was like, oh, we want to sign a petition. We want the, the final to be replayed, and we want. Uh, different referees and this and that just now get on with it yeah it, it doesn't make sense but yeah uh Bonucci of course and Chiellini of course I'm winning it for Germany for Ger- Germany am I stupid for Italy <laughs> but Bernardes no Bernardeschi Chiesa was replaced by Bernardeschi uh, Chiesa was phenomenal against England he was just Whenever he got the ball, he just went past one, went past second, went past the third, and just made a key pass or had a shot on target. Yeah, yeah, and I was especially impressed with this uh, move when he got injured. He went through Carl Walker like he was not here. Yeah, he, so he went was... through him. And Kyle Walker is a very strong, fast, and physical player. He's really a beast of a player. And this uh, move by Chiesa is explaining that he's incredibly skillful player, and I was really, really impressed with him. With him. Yeah, he was phenomenal. But I, it was so sad to see him go off, because he, 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 You, you can see it on his face that he, he was doing very well, and he didn't want to come off. But 
Italy for the injury. I, I think if he stayed on for extra time, if, if there was no injury, I think Italy would have gotten a goal, probably. Extra time. But yeah, it, it went to penalties. Uh, oh god, I have to remind myself of the penalty takers. Uh, who took the first penalty? It was Italy? Or... No, it was England. It, it, it was Italy? Italy was first. And was it Bonucci? It was Bonucci. I'm not sure, but first for, for England was Kane. Yeah, first for England was Kane. Bang. Very good penalty. Full of power. Into the bottom left. To the room, I guessed the side, which was but not not enough. I will check now. On sofa score, down on sofa score. Do no, yeah, once ever? again. Sofa <laughs> score, if you're listening to this, we, we are from Croatia. Please sponsor us. <laughs> uh, Berardi was first. Yeah. So, uh, again, then Kane scored, then Belotti. The, yeah, so I, Be Belotti Bigfoot. was as useful as, uh, as dog food in attack. <laughs> I, I, then I, Maguire, Maguire with the impressive strike in top corner. The the camera just went out. Yeah, <laughs> I was like, holy <laughs> shit! He he actually banged it in. The camera passed out. The, the camera, then, the camera couldn't couldn't live. Then Bonucci scored for two two. Then we had Rashford hits the post. Then Bernardeschi with brilliance shot in the middle. Yeah, I I think every shot in the middle because every, I, you just have to have somebody that's gonna take it into the middle because rarely do goalkeepers just stay yeah. on the line. Yeah, and then Sancho saved by Donnarumma, and then Jorginho with his uh, trademark penalty. That yeah, he missed hor horribly wrong. Horribly wrong. And then the people were shouting, "It's coming home! It's coming home!" And then and then the, the nineteen-year-old. Bukasaka. I almost felt bad for him, but I mean, it's England, so <laughs> yeah, yeah. That I, much. I was happy when he missed it, but then I took him out and I was like, okay, I feel bad for him and for Declan Rice, who had a phenomenal match. <laughs> Let me just mention it. As, an, as a West Ham fan, he, yeah, had a, he yeah. was, for me, he was the best player. Uh, of course, for you, yeah. So, for me, yeah. <laughs> uh, but, but it didn't make sense for England to. to to take off Rice for Henderson, and Henderson provided... I, I don't know what he provided. I'm trying to think. I, 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 did he make a pass forward? Did he make a pass back? Did... I mean, but it, for me, it makes sense. You, you have a defensive midfielder that is really tired after, what, 90 minutes? And you have an experienced defensive midfielder who is like... I, I think a big strength of Henderson is he's speaking a lot. He's motivating the team. He's organizing the team. And I think it's perfectly... It makes sense to make this some yeah, institution. No, 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 no. I can see why he brought in Henderson, but I think Phillips had a worse game than Rice. And I think Phillips yeah, should I, have come off. That I'm not arguing Rice should, shouldn't have come off. I'm, or Henderson. Henderson, yeah, but, Henderson should have come on exactly for that. You but, need that in the final minutes. But I, I, I think people do not spoil data analytics in football. So they all wearing this tracking devices and they have a special man who is tracking the performance uh, as it, ha it happens on the pitch. 
So they could, I don't know, they could conclude that the heart rate of uh, Declan Rice is much worse than uh, Phillips and that his uh, strength is falling down and he needs to be substituted. This is something that we cannot see and we are not aware. So there is a lot of things that in today's world you get information that you as a spectator, you cannot see. And the coach gets a notification. He gets, uh, his assistant manager gets to him and he says uh we get it we got the info from the data team that we should uh, replace rice and that's it i mean yeah i mean yeah this, that's probably what could have maybe that happened but yeah, yeah. I, i'm gonna continue living on with Phillip, Phillip. <laughs> or they just hate west ham or, or maybe yeah hate. maybe some just hates west ham he was like i cannot have a west ham player in the squad that, that, i'm that, sick that, of this yeah that's why he didn't bring in lingard for the euros yeah 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 <laughs> uh yeah and uh, then the saka missed and i i have to admit i well, i was so happy it was midnight when it finished yeah and it i was. had to wake up the next day i had to wake up in like 4 30 very early and i was so happy i couldn't fall asleep like until two <laughs> so <laughs> yeah uh but I don't know if you saw, but Saka scored every penalty that he took in training. Yeah, which is and I mean, I mean, a nineteen-year-old score, scoring in training every penalty. I mean, I, I I could score every penalty probably, well, not every, but most of them in training. But when the when the pressure is on you in the final, I yeah, I, it, it it is a bit different. It, it, it's, a it's, it's, it's a lot yeah. different. It's a lot different. A Southgate, I think you, you yourself know how much pressure that is because he missed that penalty in 96. Yeah, you remember yeah. that. <laughs> yeah, I, I lived through it. I, 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 in my previous life, I was an English. So, yeah. <laughs> I remember uh father of... Uh, uh, Chiesa, his father was uh, Enrico Chiesa. He was a really good attacker in the late nineties. He played for Parma, that had a brilliant team with Canavaro, Buffon, uh, Veron, uh, Crespo. They had a really brilliant team. And I remember Father Chiesa being an excellent player, and his son is also excellent. So it's an interesting story, and I'm really glad they they won. Yeah, so am I, but. Back to the penalty takers. I yeah, Saka should have known that Saka probably wasn't in the best mental state to take it. Neither was Rashford, obviously, who is we all know he is a big penalty taker. And if I if I was Saka, I would have given him the penalty. But when he stopped in the run up, you can just see he switched his mind, and he wasn't as confident as as he was against PSG. But, but did you see the? I saw the article where they were saying that in 50% of cases in penalties, the last penalty taker is not shooting. So this this makes sense why Saka was the last one and why Kane was the first one. Because if he's first, he's surely going to shoot. But as I said, in 50% of cases, the fifth shooter is not even coming to to opportunity to, to take the penalty so 
I mean, but Southgate was looking at statistics and he was obviously thinking that Saka is mentally strong enough. But I'm, I'm not going to speak about his mental strength and anything. I think the penalties are just lottery. That's it. Yeah, they're kind of a lottery and kind of a... I, I think it's more of a 50-50 not a, they're not a whole rally because that Maguire penalty, you're not saving. No, Nobody's saving that. Yeah, yeah. But yeah, I, again, Saka, I, I yeah, uh, good for good for everybody and everybody in the world because you know everybody supported Italy that night. But yeah, I I feel bad for him, but yeah, I I, I hope he that doesn't ruin his career or anything. I hope he can continue playing like he did against the Czech Republic and just perform. If anything else you want to add, because I think we pretty much went through all of it. No, I think I re- we really talked about uh, Euros a lot more than the- we expected. Yeah, there's probably a lot more to comment on, but yeah, I mean, England lost, uh, Italy won, England lost, basically that's it, what, what you need to know. The world's happy, except for the English. <laughs> the Irish are, the Irish and, Scot- and the Scottish are especially happy more than everybody else. But yeah, uh, we move to... Uh, Hainal is starting tomorrow. I mean, you you, you know, I, I you you just said you don't follow it because uh, parental business. <laughs> yeah. But yeah, tomorrow it opens with Dinamo playing against Slavia Belupo, and later in the night Tosek plays Shibenik. Uh, but yeah, uh, I don't know if you saw, but you probably haven't. Dragovolas are in the league. Yeah, I'm aware of this. This is a very important oh, that, that, that's for a surprise. football <laughs> because it's. Uh, uh, I mean, I'm, I live in Zagreb. This is a, a local club, so we another Zagreb club in the first final is just more help to Dinamo. Uh, so I'm I'm happy because they are back in first final. It's it's important club for final history. Yeah, uh, it is. So. Uh, I actually have a funny story. Whenever I would like, as a kid, would play against probably my uncle or my dad, uh, football. Uh, we will always kind of pick our teams, and I would always be Hydrok. And then one one day he said, "I'm gonna be Hrvatski Dragovoljs," and I was like, "Who the fuck is who's that?" He's like, "Oh, oh it's a club." And after that, it, it always Dragovoljs stuck with me. And now, yeah, I I follow them kind of. Watched some matches in the second final last season. Well, not full matches, but just highlights. And yeah, they 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 do look good. But the only concern I have with them is their manager uh, is uh, Miroslav Puljanac, who has been the assistant to the previous manager, and he hasn't done the best job. I mean, he won the title. He got Dragovoljs through, but he has like nine draws, four defeats, in uh, in twenty matches. I mean, you know how coaches go in high level. I, I know. And go. I know. So, you probably will. We will see him leaving very soon. That that that's so, very good. So this is what I believe will happen. And through Asilo Kovalec, they're gonna get off to a bad start. Then after a, probably three four months, Topla comes in. <laughs> and, and we all know what happens when Topla comes in. <laughs> yeah, the savior. The the, sa- the savior comes in and hopefully doesn't get stabbed in the back like he did with Lokomotiva. For them to bring in Silvia Chabraya, who's 
I never heard of him. He coached Luchko before, like four or five years ago, and didn't do shit. Uh, you bring in somebody that hasn't, that has no kind of experience for top luck, who has, I think, the long, the longest lasting job in the first final in the last in the modern era of football. I'm now thinking, what would Toplak do after Pasolic equalized to 3-3? He would have brought in uh, Van Bruggen. <laughs> Actually, <laughs> Van Bruggen plays for Salam Belupa. He would have brought in some Inter's average defender or, uh, yeah, whatever. Or Varsbin. <laughs> yeah. yeah, but it, it, it's sad to see that Toplak got sacked because of the, the official Lokomotiv account said, he's staying, he's staying with us because I posted something like, Inter's average Fire top luck, they get relegated. Varadin fire top luck, they get relegated. The next season I had at Lokomotiva and then the eyes, and I was like, don't sack him. I'm literally implying, do not. Like, if you're the Twitter admin, just somehow get it to the president and just, you know, speak clearly to him. But obviously he didn't, and they brought in <laughs> Chabraya. I mean... When you sack Toplock, you get what you deserve. Yeah, I mean, but we I, talked I'm, about I'm that. Cu- <laughs> I'm curious, what, what do you think about Hajduk and what are your expectations for this oh, season? I have never been more optimistic, even though we've lost our last two preparation matches against Zrinski, but against I mean, Zrinski, we look it, good. It, it, it makes sense to be optimistic one day before the season starts. So this <laughs> is the peak, of, the peak of optimism every year. And then the, the, the this... This just goes downhill very okay, soon. But but... We have brought, so we have made Levaya stay. We have brought in Josip Peles. We have brought in uh, Gorgeous Lovrencic from, from, well, from nowhere. He was a free agent. We brought in Josip uh, Vukovic, who, who's, uh, who's, uh, who's come from Osijek in a deal. We basically gave them Nejashmic, they gave us him. We also and decide... you got the coach from IKEA, right? And... <laughs> Jans Gustafsson does know his IKEA stuff. I hope he can implement some IKEA stuff in in goal, so we don't concede as much. But yeah, we also brought in uh, uh, Jan Mlakar, who's who's come from Brighton after being the top goal, sc- goal scorer in Slo- in the first Slovenian league last season for Maribor. And we also got back Sahitian Edok. And we are the third most expensive team right after Osijek for maybe we're, we're like 200,000 euros behind. So uh, the manager is good. He had a very long stint at Norrköping, who's a pretty big club now in Sweden. He was there for four years, built a very good team from a from good pool of youngsters. And uh, I mean... I hope he stays for four years at Haidu because that's that's what we need. Yeah, but uh, yeah, I, I, we we both know that this is not gonna happen. I but... listen, uh, it, it could yeah, happen. I'm not, I, I'm not making fun of you. I think that these signings are good, and I think that the fact that you are losing your preseason matches in, is in fact a good thing because it's not realistic that you're gonna lose every match in in like. Uh, a run of t- ten matches. It- it's better to lose friendlies and then start you know, on a good way. And, and I think that Hajduk has a realistic possibility to last as a 
title contender a bit longer than it was the case the previous years. Yeah, yeah. But to, to expect to, to have a coach for next four years, I think you're very optimistic. Oh, I am very optimistic in that department, yes. But uh... I mean, look, look at Bielica at Dynamo. He was the best coach in the last 15, 20 years, probably. And everyone was in favor to, to keep him. And yet again, he, he left. Yeah, but that's kind of a different situation because COVID was the problem for, for Bielica. I, he would have definitely stayed up if COVID didn't happen. And... The, the sellers had to be cut. He definitely would have stayed. Uh, yeah, uh, I also want to talk about... Uh, oh, I forgot. Shibarink, uh, yeah. Uh, Matt, yeah, he said he wants them to win the league, but uh, when you lose your best goalkeeper, Labrovic, when you lose your, uh, your best Wingers, uh, Sahiti and Ampem. You also lost your captain, your young captain, Marco Bolat, to Dynamo. And Schildefeld, you also lost that for experience. I, 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 I don't see how you stay up after that. Yeah, it makes sense to see them uh, fighting to, to stay up, but who knows what, what will happen with them now. Yeah, they, they brought in Ivan Delic, who was, who was at Belupo last year and didn't have a good year. They brought in Bacilic Grigic, who's a very good experience, who's a very good experienced uh, midfielder who can definitely do a good job. I think that's a, that's their best signing. They also brought in Antonio Marin, who I think has won't won't reach the potential he has. They also brought in a, a few youngsters, and yeah, I, those youngsters I, I don't think they'll do good because they're not really known. Uh, also. They're, uh, they're one of the youngest squads in the league, but, uh, coming at 24.4 years of age on average. So yeah, I I don't think they'll... They're, I'm going to predict them temp. I'm, now I'm going to go for my predictions. I, if you want to do yours, you can do your you, you can do yours. But I, I think Shibrink are going to get I'm relegated. Gonna, I'm, I'm going to skip predictions because I don't have enough information. I'm only yeah. expert in mocking Brekalo and <laughs> You can predict their careers if you want. I mean, you don't have much to do with Lovren, to be honest. But yeah, uh, for now, if I'm going to go with Dragovoyats, because there's definitely a lot of talent there. The, the core squad is kept. They also brought in a couple of players. Uh, Mario Veljača, they brought in Vinko Petković, Dino Škorob, Teklić from Hajduk alone, uh, Bruno Karlo- Karoglan from Lokomotiva, youngster, a winger, Ostatin Hrvoj from Dinamo to play a right back if he plays. He hasn't had the best of spells when he was he went alone, but yeah, I think Dragovic will come out come out at ninth. Istra, uh, yeah, they they go into the season with a. 37-year-old manager who's managed the uh, FC Twente, uh, and uh, I, I just want to see Istra relegated. Sorry, but it's yeah, so so, so so did I last season. They went into the season without a without a coach, without a without a sporting director, basically with nothing. They went into the last season and they barely scraped through. If only Varardin's Varardin's goal. Counted in uh, in in that San Belupo match. I I I would have loved it because I really wanted wanted them to go down, but I I don't see it this year because 
Chibnik are really bad. And it, it, it's kind of a trend with the clubs that got promoted. The next year they, they get relegated. Rulish had a phenomenal year. Uh, they when they got promoted, then next year off shite and get get rele got relegated. Goritza was a different club, was a whole different story. They went in and they are uh, in the top six every every season. Uh, Dean came in, stayed up, now are relegated. So yeah, I I I think the same will probably happen with Dragovoyets because now they're in the first league. If they perform against the big clubs like the previous clubs have have performed they're probably gonna get a few players stolen from them so that's gonna impact like it did Shibnik and Varazdin and Rudesh. Uh then I'm gonna go I yeah Slavian Belupa has seven seventh place as always. Yeah Slavian Belupa always has seventh place so Istra in eighth uh, uh Slavin of course in seventh uh yeah I mean they brought in Mateo Monjets who's uh who, who I'm a fan of because he played at um at Orient, he's a pretty good player. They also promoted Lovros Voranek, who will probably leave, I'm gonna be honest. They brought him Neding Hajic, who's a pretty good striker, who played at, who played, I think, Mladost in, in Bosnia last season. They also brought in uh, Vinko Soldo, who's a pretty good centre-back, experienced in the first final. So yeah, I think that they, they will do good. Well, I mean, it's Slavin, but they, they won't get relegated, no way. Uh... Then we have Lokomotiva in uh in sixth. Yeah, that that's sixth. I, I Lokomotiva are just after that after that last season, I, I think they'll sack Chabraya, then get some experienced manager in and just perform like like they can. They brought in Marco Dabruk, who's the top goal scorer in the second high NL. They he'll he I think he'll definitely will be up there in the goals. They brought in a pretty good center back in Justin De Haas, who's I would say pretty good, then brought in some youngsters at centre-back, so see how they do. Uh, then I have... I I don't know who's going to finish fifth. I'm I'm torn by Rijeka and Gorica, but I'm going to go with Gorica because it just seems like they're not destined for European football, and I think Lovic will leave. I also thought that last season, but he didn't. Uh, if he leaves, Gorica will definitely finish fifth. They brought in Kotarski from Ajax, uh, for, for for the goalkeeper position, also Tony Fruk from Fiorentina alone and Jankovic from. Is uh, Kotarski as a loan or uh, as a loan with an option to buy? Uh huh. And that's an interesting transfer. Does this mean that Ajax gave up on him? Uh, he, yeah. Uh, a scout from Ajax actually contacted me and he wanted to know if it if it was an option to buy and what I think about Kotarski. Kotarski is a very talented goalkeeper, but he doesn't have. He doesn't have the chance at at Ajax, but yeah, now he's back home at Gorica. So uh, hopefully he'll get the time he needs to to improve. And who knows? Maybe we'll see him in the national team unless he performs well. Uh, then we have yeah, I said Jankovic and Janusic who came from uh, came on loan to Gorica. They also let let go of uh, Mudrinsky, Goiko Gadze, Hamad, and uh, Kalina and and the I. Which are pretty good players. Kalina was, of course, known to leave for, before it happened. And they're also heading into the season with Kronoslav Rendulic, who did a phenomenal job with Shibnik last season. After, of course, uh... oh my god, Gazira United are losing. 
Uh, by the way, I don't, you probably don't know. Zero United, if they win today, they're currently using against Sant Julia. If they win, they're <laughs> going to play Rijeka. Uh-huh. <laughs> the famous Xira. The famous Xira United. And I have a little inside story. A friend from Rijeka actually gave me a, a Xira United scarf that I that I'm actually staring at right now. That's a that's a top of my closet. Wow, that's top class trolling. Yeah, and now I'm just waiting. I hope Xira wins so I can go to Yura, to Rujevica and just probably just go to Rijeka and give him the, the scarf back because he's he's gonna need it. And now, uh, okay, fourth, fourth Rijeka. Afterwards, a fifth. We're back to the high note. Uh, Rijeka, Rijeka, Rijeka. You, they are stacked in wingers. They brought in Turchin. They, they have, they have Vuk and Bursnia back from loans. They brought in Bernard Karica, a young player. I, I forgot where he came from. A left winger. They brought in Ampen, who's a left winger or a, or a right winger. And they brought in Obregon who can play a striker or a both wings. So uh, they're really going to stack up at the winger positions. Uh, winger merchants, as I call them now. They also have Labrovic, who they bought from Shibenik. So a pretty good replacement for uh, for Nevistich. So definitely, if he gets ahead of Perskal, I, I can see him doing well. They also get faith in Dom Tomic, of course. Goran Tomic, who's kept them up in Europe. So uh, they'll definitely be looking to get to get into top three, but I think it's too far away for Rijeka, to be honest. So yeah, uh, they also lost a few players that are known that, that they got last season, like Menalo, Kulenovic, Ateke, Andriasic, and Stefult. So yeah, that, that would be a big blow. And should I go optimistic and say Hajduk are going to finish second or third? Yeah, go ahead. That's your... Uh... If if right. Hajduk actually do finish second, I, I'm gonna look You're like human right. <laughs> yeah, but if Hajduk actually do finish second, I'm gonna look like the most intelligent person before before the season started. Ah, uh, I don't know. <laughs> Go ahead, gamble. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, uh, gambling is not really for me, but uh, you know what? Yeah, Osijek third. Uh, Bielitsa will definitely look for, for a title challenge again. They gave it to Dinamo. It was close up until like 3-4 matches left then and really fell apart for Rossi because they lost a couple of matches. Now they have uh, Mieres thing. They brought in Gerson. They brought in ne Neashmic. They only lost Vukovic. Uh, Dion Bello uh, has gone alone to Istra. Who is a pretty good player. I, I think he'll do a lot to Ist uh, at Istra. Unlike Chuzek who, who performed for the opening 5 games and then went go just ghosted and they also lost Talix, uh the the uh the wing back so yeah I, I, it, it's pretty much the same squad with a couple of additions with Nehrspich and Gershon so uh I, I don't think Bielsa is gonna, it's gonna change much but yeah then we have Hajduk of course yeah I already talked about it uh Hajduk are probably gonna sign Filip Krovinovic it's rumored to be it's rumored to He's probably gonna stay at Portugal no, or don't... come to Croatia. Yeah, 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 yeah. Filip mm -hmm. mm -hmm. Krovinovic could that, very that... well be a Billy soon. Uh that's surprising for me. I um, it, it's been I, I don't know if it's it's been rumored for the for the whole summer. Because he's he's been seen and split today, so uh -huh. he is 
originally from Petrinja. Yes, I think so. Yeah, yeah. Let me actually Google and, it. Yeah, yeah. He, I'm, I'm sure he's from Petrinja. Uh, but his career, I didn't expect him to go to Heidelberg. I don't. I, I'm not saying it's a bad move, but it's not realistic. Yeah, I mean, yeah, after, after playing for West Brom and Championship, it, yeah, definitely. It, it's, it's a downhill from Portugal, Benfica to, to the Championship, then Premiership, then back to Championship. I'm not sure, but uh, I don't know. Benfica, I, I mean, at Benfica, he was put in the second in, in, into the reserve team, so I can see why they want him out. But yeah, uh, Hydrok, of course, I already mentioned all the signings. They also lost Juric, Radi, Zaktash. Kind of sad for him, but he's going to go to an Arabian club I saw today. Uh, they also lost Mujakic, Nair and Fosati. Fosati could very well sign for Hajduk. He's having a debate between AC Monza and Hajduk, so we'll see what happens with that. And then, of course, to win the title, who else but Dinamo? Dinamo wins, everybody else loses, that's it. I, I I should have just said that and ended and ended the prediction. Uh, don't explain there. it too much. It it will hurt your feelings. Uh, it but... really won't. I mean, they brought in Josip. They bought you. They bought off Josip Mišić from Sporting. They bought they brought they brought in uh, Duja Chop. With I I don't know how I feel about that because they have a lot of good talented strikers after Petković. They also they also now get Stefful, uh, Bulat, uh, and uh, and Nevistich. So yeah, uh, they they lost Guardiol, Hajrovic, and Antonio Marin and Solta, who the both of them went out on loan, and they kept Damian Kurznar as their as their manager. I I think I'm I'm very curious about you mentioned Marin in Shivenik and you mentioned him now. I'm very curious about his career and what will happen in the future. I I, because... I, I said it. I I hope he can do well at Shibani because, but I don't think he'll live up to. He's gonna live up to the potential he has. Yeah, it, it it's sad to see because we, we are obviously seeing the new Halilovic, new Ante Choric yeah. scenario about big hype talent. Uh, I mean, they were talking about Marin like the biggest uh, talent since since Modric. So the I mean, bar was pretty high. Yeah, I mean, we also talked about Kalilovic like that. So yeah, I I think that wraps it up for for the high nil power. I don't know. You you said you didn't want any any predictions, but yeah, I think that 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 about yeah, wraps it up. Yeah, I, I I will just predict the top three, and I will say uh, Dinamo, Osijek, and uh, let's say Hajduk. Ah, uh, he he's it, putting it, us in the top three. That's good. <laughs> I I think uh, it's a bit unfair to to leave Rijeka out of top three because I think in general they are big Croatian club with poor season last last season, but. Uh, Osik looks really good. Uh, the Hajduk optimism is uh, taking also me, so I'm expecting them to to be good this season. Very well, we'll then. See. We'll see what happens. Good luck. Good luck. Good yes, luck thank you. Yes, thank you, thank you. We'll, we'll see how we do. I hope we can also reach the Conference League. 
uh, group stages, but I really doubt it. But yeah, I, I think that, that that about wraps it up for this podcast. Of course, Matt is certainly not here to end it, as he was kidnapped once again. Let us remind by you. His kids. By his kids. Yeah, by his kid. So yeah, uh, so goodbye from me and Herman. Uh, goodbye, bye. Oh, thank you.